Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name's Tom Rebleck. Thank you for joining me. Uh, this is a slightly interesting sidestep from what our tax expert and tax trainer and tax guru Lisa Gregg and I normally talk about uh, this evening. We'll normally dive straight into something related to tax preparation or uh, related to um, certain aspects of tax law. We'll get on to a little bit of that later. But there's something that's happened to both Lisa and I this week that we need to share with you. And I'll start off with Lisa actually explaining what happened earlier on this week and then we'll work you through uh, some of the ways in which you can deal with a similar dilemma later on in the conversation. Lisa, thanks for joining me again. Always a pleasure, Tommy. Uh, now, we earlier on in the week, I think it was Monday morning you rang me i did and and there was an issue that cropped up can you explain what happened at that point um that morning that caused you to give me a call okay tom well of course you are the the newly crowned guru of rorts and ripoffs and i'm always intrigued when something impinges in rorts and ripoffs into my space so um, I received um, some communique from my network that basically said, hey, Lisa, uh, there's an email that's come out that looks really much like an ATO uh, email, and it can't be because it just doesn't make sense that it is. Um, just be aware that it's, it's, it's a scam. And so that was uh, Monday morning. And so I gave you a call and said, this is good because it adds to the book that you're writing. And that's what it was. Yep, uh, which people can pre-order on Booktopia, but let's keep going. <laughs> that's right. I'm plugging your book, which is part of it. Um, so what it was, right, so we get communique from the ATO on a regular basis. Most of the time it comes through the portal and things like that. However, we do every now and then get an email from them basically saying that, uh, what have we got? Um, here are... Um, here are all the people that you um, should be on single-touch payroll is one that we get from them, get pushed out and said, here's your client list and said, here are all the people we think you should be on single-touch payroll but not. Um, we get other ones saying, here are the ones that should do their their tax payment summary, so their TPARs, and that gets pushed out. And then we get one saying, your activity statements are ready, and that gets pushed out as well. Sometimes it comes in stale mail, sometimes it comes pushed out as an email. Who knows, different different permeations. But what happens is for us experienced tax practitioners out there, and we all know, we know the timing of these things. So we know when things are sort of meant to be due or when we know there's going to be some sort of push to um, get all our clients compliant, if I can put it that way. Now, what happens usually is people who are on quarterly BASs, business activity statements, the activity statements gets get produced, propagated, whatever word you want to say. Usually on, if so we're on quarterlies, it usually happens on the month that it covers. The, the last month that covers, it usually happens the beginning of that month. So if I can give yeah. you numbers to give you a bit of an idea, is for the June BAS quarter, uh, we would normally get information saying your activity statements are ready to go around about the beginning of June. 
and so the September one, it's usually the beginning of September, etc., etc. That's how it goes. Now, our software vendors who do a fabulous job, plug, 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 who, who whatever colour you use, um, what happens now is the activity statements automatically gets populated into our tax software. So we know that they're there and we can see that it is. Um, so they're basically yeah. saying the form's ready to go, Tom. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about. Okay, so that's so that's where we're at with it. So this is what happens now. What happened on Monday from my network said there was there were these emails going out from the ATO. It says saying your activity statements are ready, and we're going well. That's really bizarre because we would we normally get that sort of response on a uh, on a beginning of June. Why would we be getting it now? pretty much when they're due to be lodged if you're lodging them yourself or as tax agents we get another month anyway right so it just seemed to be bizarre then I got my own personal company one on Tuesday morning and I'm going hmm that's a scam and I've gone this just seems really bizarre but the thing that intrigued me and what I communicated to you Tom it looked pretty good you know, we're sort of looking and going, it looks like it's from the ATO. It's got my ABN on it. It's got my business name on it. It's using my proper business email address. It hasn't gone into something that sort of just landed in my inbox. It looked that the the email um, alias looked like it was coming from the ATO. You had a little bit of a look around the contents and go, it looks like it's linking to the same thing. But me being a little bit computer savvy, but nowhere near a, near a you know, a, a cyber security expert, I've gone, let's just bin it anyway. It's too, it's too risky to do anything with. And then this morning, you told me you got one as well. Well, I got one, uh, and it was one of the things that I first looked at and had a bit of a look at, and the weird thing for me is um, I've not earned anywhere near enough for a um, to be registered for GST, so why would I get an email that relates to a business activity statement when I don't, I'm not registered for GST, I get another thing from time to time, but that's not a G, you know, goods and services tax issue. It's something different. It's about provisional tax, that is paying tax as you go, so that when you get to the end of the year, you don't end up with a massive tax bill or, you know, you alloc you've put in, you've paid uh, some tax as you go along so that you're not, uh, so that you don't end up having to yeah, pawn off your moccasins and slippers and um, other... <laughs> yeah, sell things on gum trees people seem to be doing in COVID, COVID land. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're still due about this. They're all due about the same time, okay, which was really bizarre because yeah. I was getting feedback from the network basically saying, this looks like, this communication looks like it's for a quarterly baz, but I've got clients that are on, on, on monthly bazes or monthly activity statements. So... That doesn't count. And the one that I got said, you know, your activity statement's due. Well, I'd already done mine, so it, I wasn't even, you know, I sort of, it's it's all done and dusted. I already pushed the go button, you know, on on if you if you've got all your ducks in a row and everything's in real time like I have mine, as you can imagine, I just push a button and off it goes, and it's and it's all fine. Um, so yeah, we, I was quite perplexed by it all because it just seemed to be. 
it just seemed to be wrong on so many levels. Um, however, it was a bloody good email. It looked like it came from the ATO, okay? And the other thing that I had in the back of my mind as well was that the ABN lookup website went down on Friday. So what happened was um, we used that to look up making sure a company's registered. So it's basically a business.gov.au website. And we look it up to check that, well, what we really do is check that they're GST registered and things like that. So a lot of back-end stuff gets done through the ABN lookup. So we use it on a very regular basis. And that went down and it gave some really weird error messages saying the security certificate um, was invalid or it expired or something. And it was really quite dangerous, depending on what search engine, you, what, what uh, browser you used. Um, it depended on what sort of error message you got. So that sort of went, went viral around the network of colleagues as well. Um, so I was worried about that and I'm thinking, oh, was it a... A denial of service attack or, you know, was something happening, but no one seemed to worry about it too much. The only really flack that I heard after that was that um, superannuation payments were due, uh, or when was, what's, what's the date today? Must, must have been due a couple of days ago. So being a Friday, a Friday's a good thing to just clean up all your admin. So a lot of people that were processing superannuation payments that day. And um, to check that the superannuation fund is complying, it uses basically the ABN backend to be able to check that they're a, they're a complying fund. So that caused a few payments to go. Hopefully, it got it got all issue. I don't actually know what end up the outcome was, but um, it should have all been resolved. But it did cause a few strange little uh, error messages. Uh, to uh, everyone that tried to process those on, on Friday as well. So all these things, it looks like all the planets were aligning. Tom, that's really what was happening with it all. And I'm going, what's really going on here? Because, look, as we know and as you've researched, if we get a spam email, it's usually got something in there to that savvy eye that we have that go, mm, they've spelt something wrong or... You check an alias. What other things do you find when you sort of go hunting for a for a spam email? If you're looking, if we take the example of the email we both received, mm-hmm. okay, the email, uh, the, the actual. Um, what we call the alias of the email, the, the the person it's coming from is accurate. What people need to be careful of when they receive an email is to look at the actual email address. Yeah, not to you know, you, if the email is from Fred Plinstone and that's the that's the sort of the person you need to look at where the email is coming from. If it doesn't look like Fred Plinstone's email, but you look as if you've been spoofed, which is a technique that, that people who are fraudsters use um, or people who are scammers will use to try and convince people that they've just got an email from Fred Flintstone, who they know, and um, Fred would some Fred would send emails to them. If Fred's email has been compromised in some way, then and the email has certain links or whatever else, you need to double-check 
that Fred isn't sending you the so-called Fred isn't being uh, hasn't been replaced in the actual email address by somebody that's devious and nasty. Uh, and that's something that has happened in the past uh, to me as well in a workplace environment. I walked in to see uh, someone I reported to at that point. I said, well, you sent me an email this morning uh, and you wanted a meeting. What f what's it about? The response was, no, I didn't send you an email. Uh, hold on a second. I saw an email with your name on it that said, well, no, I didn't send you an email. What had happened was somehow uh, hackers had gotten into a particular system and worked out that certain people manage processes in, the, in a company um, and that in order to uh, get people to communicate and do what they want, which is usually participate in some kind of fraud, they will use um, a spoofed email. So what I did when I received that email this morning is look at the email address itself and not just where it says it came from because that will give you an idea of whether the email is legitimate or not. Um, but you, then, you still then need to be very careful because... The very fact that you've received an email that looks from a legitimate source may yeah, may still have some problems in it, so you might want to double check with the agency itself whether you were supposed to have received something from them at a specific time on a specific day. The ATO will not normally send material to people for uh, in relation to. Um, tax refunds or things you need to pay or things you need to deal with. Uh, with the ATO, that's usually done in hard copy or it's done through the communication with people like Lisa who are the, uh, the registered tax agent that is authorised to communicate. So there are some things people need to be careful of because of the fact that there are dodgy operators out there that are looking to take advantage of your trust in regulatory organisations, in revenue authorities, um, in Australia Post, for example, so well-known institutions where uh, they expect you to you know, click on something because it looks as if it's come from someone you should be able to trust. Not always the case. Um, Lisa's got an addendum to this particular story, which I'll get her to tell us now before we go further into some... Yeah, <laughs> some yeah. I'm trying to set the scene other... and everything, you understand? So, um, yeah, so, look, it looked like a bona fide um, email, didn't we? We all thought that. Um, however, the yeah, timing... Yeah, it looked of... like a bona fide email, but we had suspicions because of the timing. Because of the uh... timing of when it came out, and it was purely that. So, um, I had the opportunity, just from scouring um, Twitter feeds and things like that to um, comment on said email um, to the ATO. And the beautiful thing about Twitter is you do it as a broadcast, and we can all be broadcasters now, Tom, as well. So um, I did it as a broadcast, and it actually hit the spot and the nerve um, in the ATO, and um, they contacted me. And 
basically said to me, look, you've done the right thing. You've um, basically identified it as um, not coming from us. Uh, it doesn't sound like it came from us. Uh, so uh, there was, and I was informed that there was a, um, a, a previous uh, very well-crafted email that was a scam a couple of years ago. And it ended up being, I was told by the ATO, it ended up being some sort of, I call it maybe a Trojan horse could be the right word to use, um, Tom, with my understanding of how it works. But it basically, it went in there and potentially locked up your computer and then you, were, you had to pay you know, probably crypto coin ransoms. This is me embellishing the story slightly um, to get your computer unlocked. So that's what happened a few years back is what I got told from the ATO. So, you know. Lisa, you've done the right thing. Um, you've you've basically deleted the email, ignored it, and you know so it was all your network because I told them that you know it wasn't just me. There was a lot of people that were getting it. So I said thanks very much for the phone call. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, glad that is. But you know, I, I'm sort of doing this as a public service announcement to make sure that. Uh, everyone out there um, understands because it wasn't just tax agents that got this email. It was my, it was my clients and my and my network's clients that were getting this email as well. And you never know who's going to click on something. We t we teach our clients to go. We've got all your tax affairs under control. If you get an uh, an email um, from anything to do with the ATO, either bin it, trash it, or um, forward it to us so we can do the same. So we've got everything under control, and that's the trust that we need with our clients. Anyway, so what happened next addendum to the story is I got another phone call from the same gentleman from the ATO, who was delightful, and said, we've had our IT people go over it, and it is ours. And I go, what? And they go, yep, it is a bona fide ATO email. So that initially made me feel comfortable because it meant that it was such a good email and representation, it really did come from them. So it was, you know, there is no Yes, it was so good uh, that it actually came from John West. It wasn't one that John West rejected. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I was sort of a bit pleased because that's what that's I think that's what what sparked my interest. It's going. It's look the timing of it was wrong, but it was a bloody good representation of 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 what I would expect to come out of the ATO. Okay, so the story goes this. So for all of you who got the email, it was bona fide from the ATO. Um, However, the reason that the timing was a little bit odd was this, and it's all stemming from COVID because we've talked about this with all the different stimulus packages as well, Tom, in previous podcasts, is that when a taxpayer lodges their June BAS, they will get the cash flow boost to the business. So when someone's trying to get additional money or some cash flow or some benefit, you usually find um, that people want to lodge early. So even though with the June BAS, if you're using a tax agent, you don't need to lodge until the end of August, or if you're lodging your own, you don't need to lodge until a couple of days ago, um, because there was a monetary gain associated with it, a lot of people wanted to lodge nice and early. Just like when we were talking about last week about people lodging their tax returns early to get their their refund back, you know, businesses who have bazes want to lodge early as well. So what happened was that people 
didn't get their activity statements as early as, as they wanted or they got a bit lost in the system because they wanted to lodge early. And so there was a lot of businesses that were in the ATO saying, oh, can you send me the activity statement again? Da-da-da, I can't find it, da-da-da. So that's what was going on. And so the ATO decided to resend your activity statement is ready to go again at an odd time. However, somewhere behind the scenes at the ATO, the email distribution list didn't get corrected correctly or didn't quite hit the mark and so there was it didn't go to the right cohort can I put it that way Tom it looks like and many people got it including yourself so that's what occurred so the take-home message of the story is always be aware if you're receiving emails where the timing's wrong and even if it it looks very very uh, proper and up to speed, still have a high level of scepticism about. The biggest issue that people confront today is that the emails that have uh, the uh, sort of dubious origins, text messages that have dubious origins, have all got particular kinds of bits in there that are dangerous. The advice from various authorities, whether it be the tax office, whether it be the ACCC, whether it be you know, the cyber security authorities at a Commonwealth level that sit under the supervision of the Australian Signals Directorate, is do not click on links in emails that, even though they might come appear to come from somebody that is friendly, um, the best way to deal with it is to not... Um, have those emails cause you grief. Some things come with attachments that may well be malware uh, or ransomware. Um, malware is just software that goes around your system and does nasty things. Ransomware is the kind of software Lisa described earlier, which is set up to search out files on your computer, lock those files down and um, restrict your access to them until you pay for a code word or something through some means. Uh, whether it be iTunes cards, whether it be Bitcoin type stuff or whatever it happens to be, that's nasty, that is insidious and it will it cost, it'll cost you a heap of money if you're not careful. So those issues that Lisa's raised in, with respect to the ATO email, are issues that you're going to confront across the board in relation to phishing emails. Phishing, incidentally, by the way, is a general email blast in which there are links that take you to a website that looks legitimate. It's been crafted to look like a professional website. When you put your details into a screen, if you believe it's a, a genuine website, those details are then taken on by somebody who has done that precisely to steal your identity, to steal your online identity. And that is done so they can either um, purchase things on your be purchase things using your identity online, or uh, apply for things online using your identity 
all that kind of thing. So it's a very complex environment that we live in. Um, and the ATO email Lisa and I both received is actually an example of an email we weren't expecting. Because we weren't expecting it, we assumed that timing meant that we had to be sceptical about it. And we both were. Until such a time as Lisa was told, the AGO claims responsibility for sending out an email um, erroneously <laughs> to many people that perhaps shouldn't have received it. So this was an ATO stuff-up. However, it could easily have been something else. You can't tell until you are told by the alleged sending authority that the email is healthy and you're able to engage with it normally as you would communications from that agency. Yeah, and I think, Tom, what gave me a level of assurance um, with the response that I got from the ATO as well is that I honestly felt the level of information that was in that email, I would have felt uncomfortable that it could have got into um, the wrong hands, even though pretty much everything in there would be available if you were on ABN Lookup. But I was more concerned, I think the email address was actually my real proper you know, alias email address. Uh, so that worried me. So I actually felt relieved when the ATO said, no, it's definitely come out of our system, Lisa, um, because it, as I said to you, it did look very, very good. And my concern would have been if the hackers, if I can use that as a, a general term, if they got that sophisticated, that even I, who are quite sceptical, thought, mm, it does look right, that, you know, it's, it's, it's the next level. But, um, look, I never click on anything, even with saying, you know, your credit card's been compromised on your, you know, Apple ID account or whatever. I never click on anything. I always go back to first principles and go into the, into the portal or into any the website that I use, um, to, to check that because a lot of times, you know, what we see in COVID times, as we know, is people being quite opportunistic and people panicking, okay, especially at tax time as well. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, angst out there with what we're living through at the moment. And, um, you know, I'm seeing, you know, your bank account's been compromised with X bank account, bank, which I don't even bank with. So that's an easy one. But, you know, if you've got a bank account with all the banks and they just, they, they just try it on sort of thing. So um, I always go back into whatever portal I'm using. I go back in the way that I usually go in there and then check my accounts from there. And, uh, and that's the other thing with the ATO as well, is if anything comes out from the ATO, you would then go back into the portal and it's got two, everything's got two-factor authentication as we know now. And it's very annoying to use two-factor authentication um, when you're wearing your mask, like we are in Melbourne, because your, your face ID doesn't get recognised and you've got to put your PIN number in. So just another, another issue that we've got with um, COVID down here in lockdown Melbourne, um, that... You've then got client communications. You've got all the things that we can check inside the portal to see if what's getting what's getting pushed out to us is actual bona fide. So just have a high level of scepticism. You know, if if it, if it's if the timing's wrong, if it looks a little bit wrong, please don't act on it. 
Uh, the, the thing that you will notice a fair bit, and this is where people need to be careful, their emails are going to be, at times, will be populated by we have the, the phishing types. There will also be uh, texts that people get that may be um, texts that, you know, try to get you to do something you shouldn't do. And I got one the other week, which appeared really, really odd. Um, and in fact, here... Here it is. I'll read it out for the listeners now, which will which will give some people a bit of a giggle, yeah. Because I'm not the sort of guy that gets lucky at the best of times. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. Do we have to put but, put a PG rating but, above on on this? I'd have said bloody a couple of no, times. No, 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 but the um, no, we're not putting a PG rating <laughs> about because I know where this is going. You don't, so this is fine. It's your podcast. Tom. Um, I know. It's my podcast, but I also like keeping you in suspense. The uh, And I got a message that said, attention, you have a $12.5 million, uh, I assume it's $12.5 million. there wasn't a dollar sign near it, uh, inheritance in our vault. Please send your last name through email for, converse, for confirmation. And it's somebody called Joanna Berg. 24 at gmail.com. Uh, Joan is down the down the bottom. Now, alternate, an alternative read of 12M could be it's a 12.5M. It could be you have a 12.5 metre inheritance in our vault. Um, uh, either way, it would be interesting if that was true. However, um, the point is that that email is an email that has been sent to me by a scammer. I don't recognise the number, um, and I'm not. I don't respond to it. So what you have uh, uh, there is a is a classic example of an SMS that has been sent by people that don't wish you well and don't wish you any any good. Right above that message, however, is a um, is a message I got from Mailchimp which I registered with not so long ago. And MailChimp sent me a message to tell me that my MailChimp two-factor authorization verified verification code is. And then I had to go back to the when I had to go to the website and key in the six-digit verification code. Um, so there's a, a bit like a tale of two cities, there's a tale of two texts. An edit, that's the difference between a dodgy text, one that some people might be tempted to respond to if they're getting a 12.5 metre inheritance, um, or the two-factor uh, authentication text that is actually a company sending you a message to say, here are the six digits that you need to put in before we let you in to have a play with your account. There's something else to remember about two-factor authentication, uh, listeners, and that is it might annoy you, but that's okay. Because if it annoys you, it means it's also going to annoy the person that wants to steal your details. 
If it's inconvenient for you, it's inconvenient for somebody else as well. For your, for you, it's the key to enter your domain. For them, it's the thing that keeps them out. And that, I think, is the best way to, to imagine or understand that particular concept of two-factor authentication. It's a pain in the proverbial, but it is designed to help make it more difficult for the person that is only too happy to use their uh, keyboard warrior skills, their hacking skills, um, skills of their friends or their, their little criminal network to steal what they have, uh, to steal what you've got online, sorry. Uh, and uh, that, I think, is the most critical point to remember. Anything to do with that's to do with um, financial data, anything to do with the ATO, anything to do with um, any government body, uh, and so therefore things are in the cloud, as we call it, or use 2FA um, in some shape or form, whether that's a random number generator that's an app on your phone or whether it's a text message that gets sent out to your mobile and things like that. Um, we're forever using 2FA in everything that we do. And yes, it can become annoying. I agree with you, but it's much more annoying. Um, sorry, it's, it's much better to be annoyed than um, have your data compromised or getting locked out of systems. I think the other, the other issue people need to be aware of is their Twitter accounts, their Facebook accounts and other accounts will have a two-factor authentication as well. And I think turn it on. Would don't, you, don't, don't, don't leave it out. Turn it on. And then you've got your, um, then you've got your three. If you, if you get locked out, you've got your three um, questions usually that you uh, can answer to get back in or, you know, have, have a backup email address or have a backup phone, phone number or there's always ways you can, you can get in. But absolutely. But the thing is people tend to, tend not to think about Twitter as seriously until they see major movie stars or celebrities get hacked and all of a sudden they go mm. gaga. Uh, I think it's important that people realise that that is really, really critical, that they get that right with social media as well. Um, the other thing they need to be conscious of is scammers are also uh, using the the messaging services on various platforms to conduct mm -hmm. scams. So if you're, I mean, a particular one that keeps coming up again and again and again and again, the ACCC reports this, it costs people tens of thousands, if not millions of dollars in aggregate. Um, things like romance scams uh, where uh, people get sucked in um, via, uh, you know, Messenger on, on Facebook or other similar uh, services, and yeah, they get bled dry. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter whether it's a male or a female, uh, they get bled dry by somebody who's just interested in draining their bank account. It's an extraordinary um, set of circumstances that occurs when people are just at, you know, randomly um, sought after, and then once a so-called relationship seems to have been established. They just get, <laughs> they just get drawn in and in and in and in and in. They might not even meet this person, um, but yeah, they're drawn into this this web of intrigue and they're asked to cough up money 
for different things, whether it be airline tickets that probably never eventuate, uh, whether it be um, medical expenses because either the individual or a parent or a brother or sister has you know, been, um, uh, been hospitalised. And the classic always is, oh, I'm, I'm going to have my internet cut off and if you want to keep on talking to me, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to pay... Um, Pay my oh, internet bill or internet connection service. Yeah, well, I haven't had a call from uh, Nicole MB, from NBN for some time, which um, which sort of makes me feel a bit lonely, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but you know, that's what we're talking about. And, and that's the territory I cover in the new book that'll be coming up in the next month or so. Um, along with a couple of other things I'm working on that I'm not yet ready to talk about in the public domain. But it'll be it'll certainly be worthwhile people keeping an eye out on my Twitter feed, which is at T Rablick. Um, and also keeping an eye out for the podcast page as well. Um, Lisa, is there anything else that you're picking up on in terms of security of information and other things from the the ATO? Oh, no, no, I think that that's what I sort of wanted to sort of mention um, this week, Tom, because we both had experienced this email and I think it, fat, it, it fitted quite nicely into your remit with what you're doing with your book and everything like that. But, um, yeah, look, um, the, the take-home message from the ATA when I was speaking to them was basically, you know, be skeptical skeptical to begin with you're better off deleting it even if you think it comes from us um because you know that um there's other ways that you can get the information from the ato as i said jumping into the portal and getting that information so i think that's the main thing um that we've witnessed uh i think for the week that was absolutely the other thing in terms of scams and misinformation that I think we just briefly mentioned. We, Lisa and I have spoken a lot about COVID, but what we haven't done is, uh, because of the nature of what we talk about, we haven't we haven't really looked in depth at uh, COVID-related scams and COVID-related misinformation. Uh, please be careful when you're watching YouTube videos and other things that purport to be revealing information that's never been it's been hidden by authorities and similar there are right-wing extremist groups in the united states and um, other groups for that matter that are using this period to accelerate their activity because people are vulnerable they're capable of exploiting vulnerable mindsets and as well, there's other things happening in various uh, other extreme groups. It's not all the extreme right. The other thing that you will have noticed is the Bunnings folks, uh, the Bunnings stunts that people have pulled. Uh, please be careful and please be observant. Uh, some of the information that they play with and the things that they talk about are derived from what is almost a cult-like uh, ideology, a cult-like um, philosophy uh, called sovereign citizen movements that hails from the US. What most of these people don't even understand is the origins of the sovereign citizen movement are actually racist and anti-Semitic. So, in fact, all these people that run around talking about uh, 
the Australian government being a corporate corporation and corporations can't issue laws and you don't need to follow laws you disagree with are actually following the line of thought that began with a bunch of people that are anti-Semitic and racist. You need to do your research before you believe what you see on Facebook and on websites that purport to be from the Commonwealth of Australia. There's a website that deals with some of these issues um, uh, that you, you know, I won't name the website. If you look at look it up, you'll find it. I don't want to give those guys too much airtime unnecessarily, but be conscious of the fact that there's a lot of misinformation going on. Rely on official sources. Yes, I know they're inconvenient. Yes, I know you think it sucks that you've got to stay at home, wear a mask, wash your hands, blow your nose, whatever. But the fact is they're, they're an authorised body. They're a body that is um, responsible to you. Uh, propagandists, conspiracy theorists, uh, people who believe in sovereign citizen movements do not have any accountability to anybody. They're spreading discontent. They're spreading misinformation, and you've got to be aware of that. Their origins aren't pretty, and what they're proffering at the moment is not pretty either. Uh, they're scamming you in a different way, and they're scamming you in such a way in order to make you believe that governments are not doing the right thing. Uh, governments may be making mistakes, but that doesn't mean that it requires you know, an immense belief or an embrace in a conspiracy theory. I think I've uh, said enough there, Lisa. Um, it's probably time to wrap up. So the thanks for joining Lisa and I again today. Uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be back next week looking at, at issues that are probably more pleasant. Uh, even though it is tax, there's probably going to be a line of discussion. Um, but please be careful. Please be mindful of the fact that there are scammers everywhere. So thanks for joining My me, pleasure, Tom. Thanks very much. And we'll catch uh, you out there in listener land again next week. Take care.